witches. I'm Felicia. And I'm Holly. Join us as we embark on a journey to discover the ins and outs of witchcraft and what it means to be a witch in today's world. Grab your grimoires, your crystals, and a hot cup of tea, and let's get get spooky. All right, well, let's dive in. Okay, hey, Holly. Hey. How's it going, girlfriend? It's going good. How are you, I'm my doing, friend? I'm really good, actually. I'm, uh, yeah? I mean, a little bit of chaos in my life in terms of like personal stuff, but nothing that is like out of the realm of normal, you know? Yeah. So, no point in complaining yeah. about it. <laughs> as, as it stands right now, 2023 has been very par for the course. Yeah. You know, it's I, just uh, steady. Yeah. She's going steady. Along. Yeah. Chugging no, along. No big ups, no big downs so <laughs> yeah, far. I'm okay with it. Yeah. No. But I will say that I'm uh, I'm feeling really good about this year. It's been quite a few years, and we've talked about this a little bit, that um for so many years of my life I worked really hard to get like material things and like build this like ideal life for myself that I thought like would make me happy. Mm-hmm. And then I got it and realized, holy shit, I'm a sad bitch. <laughs> And having like <laughs> having a car is not going to make you happy. Nope. <laughs> so um, the last two years I've been doing a lot of, I guess, what you would call like internal work. Like, yes. Yeah. F- figuring out my figuring out my mental health, figuring out my depression, going to therapy, working through things. And I think because there hasn't been this like tangible result in front of me, you know, like like, for example, work hard, I buy a house. Well, OK, you can see the house. Right. Yeah. There's no there's like there's nothing yeah. like tangible other than like I'm just happier and I'm I'm a better friend. I'm a better wife. I'm a better daughter. I'm a better, you know, for it. But uh, this year I can feel it, man. I feel it in my bones that like I don't know what it is about this year, but I'm feeling so good about it. I'm feeling great about the podcast. I'm feeling great about like where I am in life. I don't know what it is. I'm just like, you know, <laughs> yeah, made that I'm- switch. <laughs> I'm there with you. I feel I feel good. I feel like uh things things are happening. Yeah. Things things are going, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Just feeling yeah. I'm feeling optimistic about the year ahead, if that makes any there sense. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. I'm feeling I like that. Optimistic. <laughs> Which is a nice change from the, the pessimism that I normally wallow in. So the all consuming <laughs> dread yeah. and apathy regarding the world around us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what a great way to put it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the doom and gloom is lifted for a moment. So Hey, <laughs> that's happy. That's right? good news. Yeah, so it's yeah, no, I'm feeling good. I'm excited cuz um I don't know what happened, but our TikTok is like people are like showing up and like we got spooky stories finally. So- <laughs> <laughs> spooky stories. <laughs> Fuck. Yes, that means yeah. uh probably I don't know like March. Yeah, by it- March I feel like we should have a spooky story, you know, episode, like a yeah. an episode. Yeah. Our uh, our Tales from the Beyond part 3 is coming <laughs> in the next month or so. So Should we You know what? Like should we try and just like no, I'm not going to get too too ambitious here. <laughs> well, I was going to say we should we should try and do a, a spooky episode for every quarter, every quarter you know what? quarter i would thing, say right like uh, that's not too bad that's only four a year you know we do we do salon we every mm-hmm. year we do the halloween spook episode yeah um and then we can do one for like the spring equinox and 
then one for the summer and then um i guess we missed winter, winter. yeah but <laughs> it's okay we'll start from january we'll start from yeah. january so by the end so of the, march yeah I think we'll that's have when it. the spring equinoxes yep. yeah 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 i'm down i think that'd be great Good. we could try that give it a shot well <laughs> you know what uh for whoever's listening that relies on you friend so if you if you want to help us make our dreams come true by having a uh listener episode every quarter yeah. guess what you have to do <laughs> send, send in, in your stories yeah send in a fucking story please <laughs> gives you all four months yeah right yeah, yeah. four three. three months three three yeah okay yeah three months four yeah. times a year yeah <laughs> Yeah, for one, just, just one. one. <laughs> yeah. Well, now that we've got the uh, listener episodes out of the way in the beginning, now <laughs> we finally remembered to do it. We did it. <laughs> Look Yay. at us making changes. See, I told you, twenty three is going to be a great year. <laughs> Certainly won't be a year of professionalism, but that's okay. <laughs> is any year though? Mm-mm. No, not Mm-mm. here. Mm-mm. Not here. Not on the What Up Witches podcast. <laughs> no, ma'am. Professionalism. <laughs> what's that? <laughs> We have enough of that in our actual like day-to-day lives that it's just it's not welcome here. I mean, not I, but that's okay. <laughs> yeah, there's a level. I mean, a small amount. <laughs> I mean, a small. <laughs> Speaking of, like, I also thought I'd just throw it in here. Monday, January 16th is Blue Monday, which is the saddest mm. day of the year. It's oh, a day yeah. that all of the bills come in after Christmas. So, you know, if you're feeling blue and you're feeling down and you feel like you got no one to talk to, we're here. But, uh, yes. you know, if you're still feeling this way by this, <laughs> the day that this comes out, no worries. <laughs> you can still reach out to us. But yes. it won't be Blue Monday anymore because I am not fucking on time. <laughs> I think last episode we did mention how January is a bad month for a lot of people. So yeah. that's fine. Perfect. Speaking of January and life and stuff how's your spin bike it just came in yesterday oh okay (laughs) and it's not built yet okay i'll I'll touch base with you once i try it okay okay (laughs) i have a feeling like i'm gonna be a sore biatch (laughs) yeah you're going to be sitting down very gingerly (laughs) (laughs) my asshole has rubbed off my body (laughs) Why is there two? (laughs) (laughs) All right, let's dive into it because this is a bit of a lengthy episode. Okay. And I don't want to take too much of your time. (laughs) It's all good. So humans have been using symbols, pictures, and art throughout all of history to pass on knowledge and tell the stories of their peoples. Mm -hmm. Pictograms and symbolism then became a way for cunning folk witches, and healers alike to communicate with one another in a time where spoken language could not be used for fear of persecution. Okay. Ancient pagans used symbols as a sort of spiritual language to aid in magic rituals, spell casting, as well as a universal language used in their grimoires. These symbols have been passed down from generation to generation and are still being used today in modern witchcraft. Any idea what we're covering today, Holly? (laughs) No. No. <laughs> I'm struggling. Uh, ruins? Kind of, yeah. Witchcraft symbolism. So symbolism okay. within witchcraft. Okay. So symbols can be used in powerful ritual magic to invoke protection, healing, 
romance, abundance, and even aid in spell work involving all kinds of deities. Oh. It's believed by some that every symbol used by a witch has been charged with their energy during its use. Thus, when we use symbols today in our magic, we are tapping into the energy that was given by every witch before us. Ooh, which I like is that. so cool to think of, right? Yeah. It is in this belief that we are able to charge the symbol with our own energy as well as using the energy of witches that have come before us and inherently connects us to one another on an energetic level, right? So it's just so cool. It's like this idea that the use of runes or symbols or anything within spellcraft is charged by a witch and then is capable of being invoked by another witch, even if those witches Hmm. had never spoken to one another, never seen one another. But it's this idea of like this inherent connection between all witches because of the use of the same symbolism. Interesting. Right. Kind of like how um, like casting like a sacred circle, Mm -hmm. like connects you to those past and everything as well. Right. That's exactly it. So that was a perfect example. So the actual like casting a sacred circle, that yeah. is like the exact symbolism that we're going to be talking about today. Very generic. Why circles it, Why circles exist in witchcraft, yeah. right? Cool. These symbols are rich in history, culture, and magical significance. And today we're going to be looking at the 10 most powerful symbols in modern witchcraft and discussing why they're so important. All right. Let's fucking do it, let's buddy. Let's do it, buddy. Okay. Let's, let's go. Let's, <laughs> let's go. <laughs> The first symbol we're going to talk about is the symbol for Earth. I'm going to explain what they look like to you, and then I'll show you a photo. So this is represented by an upside down triangle with a horizontal line passing through the point of the triangle. Okay. Yep. Okay. So this is the symbol for Earth, and it's one of the four classic elements of alchemy. Ooh. It's used in ritual and spellcraft when you need to call in any type of grounding energy. And it is mm. representative of feminine energy and the matriarchal goddess. And those are just okay. very general. So it's not a specific goddess or a specific deity, but just highly feminine energy and matriarchal power. Okay. Okay. Cool. So it relates to all matters of the physical world, such as money, prosperity, and material possession, right? Because it's earth, right? It's physical. We can touch it. We can see it. It's tangible. It's representative of everything that that exists within our physical world. Okay. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense. So we can use this symbol in rituals such as anything to do with motherhood and fertility because Mm -hmm. it's that divine feminine energy, right? So fertility spells, um, we're talking, you know, any type of inner tapping into that inner goddess within yourself or that womanhood, right? Anything Mm -hmm. to do with that. You can also use it in rituals where you're invoking growth, right? Change and growth because same with the cycles of nature, the earth grows, so we can use it as a sim- as symbolism for growth. Um, yes. Attracting abundance, right? So if you want to write it on a piece of paper and you want to put, a, you do an abundance spell jar, you could yeah. write the symbolism for earth, put it in your spell jar and seal it, right? Okay. As well as any type of physical manifestation. So you could use it in, let's say you're doing meditation manifestation spell. If you you can picture the symbol in your mind's eye as you're, manif- as you're trying to do your manifestation. If you're doing a manifestation journal, you can write the symbol in your journal as a way of setting intention or working to, I guess, uh, what's the word I'm looking for here? As a way to empower your 
manifestation yeah asking if that makes any sense oh yeah totally Mm -hmm. so the deities that are represented by this symbol or typically you can use this and work with these deities would be gaia Mm -hmm. Terra, persephone and kai so all different pantheons but all very like strong powerful female energy they're Mm -hmm. inherently connected to the earth or nature in some way shape or form okay Mm -hmm. yeah makes sense perfect so the next one next symbol that we're going to talk about is air right okay so air is the exact opposite of earth so it's a right side up triangle with the horizontal line passing through the point of the triangle right okay so yeah yeah it's literally just earth flipped yeah so this is the second of the four classic elements in alchemy it's used in ritual and spellcraft when you need to call in insight mental clarity the initiation of action or movement Mm -hmm. and expelling stagnation from anything in your life okay right so if we think of air as similar to like wind right carrying out things that no longer serve us right pushing or move or that like physical movement of change it's also representative of communication, wisdom, balance, and clarity in all forms. Yes. Mm -hmm. So in some practices, it's also representative of the soul and like physical breath, breathing, and it's referred to as the symbol for life itself or can be referred to as the symbol of life. Yeah. Because there's just, there's air in everything, right? If you think of it, even in terms of like a fire, what gives fire that like roaring rage and breath is air. Right? Mm -hmm. So it's seen as life. So we can use this symbol in rituals that include breaking old habits, invoking momentum to complete a task. So if you're having a really hard time getting started on that project that you've really wanted to do, you can, again, do a spell jar where you're using symbolism with air. Mm -hmm. Searching for ancient wisdom. So if you're doing any type of like ancestral work or if you're doing any type of spiritual work where you're looking for your spirit guides, this is a great symbol to use to invoke ancient wisdom or spiritual wisdom or like anything to do with that spirit realm. Okay. Yeah. Makes Mm -hmm. sense. Yeah. Again, mental clarity. So a lot of, you know, if you're having a hard time seeing this, both sides of a situation, um, it's good for finding guidance and balance and mental clarity along Mm. those lines. So if you think of it, even in terms of like the zodiac signs, right? For example, I'm Libra, which is an air sign, right? Mm -hmm. And again, air sign is all about balance. It's about justice. It's about clarity. And right. So you can even think of it in terms of like the zodiacs. Yeah, totally. Yeah. So deities that are represented by the symbol of air are Amun, Sahid, and Aleos. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right. We won't go into every single deity in their pantheon because this would be a hell of an episode if we did yeah i can attest to the fact that like getting into the nitty-gritty of every single deity is um a lot it's It's a a lot lot. (laughs) it is right so if any of these symbols resonate with you in any way the reason that i'm putting deities in here is because if you're interested in deity work and these symbols are of some meaning to you then you can go and you can do your own research if you will You can Mm -hmm. educate yourself on any of these deities. Okay, so moving along. Third one, again, another element is the fire element. So the fire symbol is represented as just a triangle. Simple, straight, upward facing triangle. Yeah. So it's the third of the four classic elements of alchemy. It's used in ritual and spellcraft when you need to call in masculine energy or transformational energy. Ooh, okay. So it's representative of purification, 
protection, mm-hmm. destruction, healing, and new beginnings. So something that I found really interesting is that in the tarot deck, if you've ever noticed the tower, the tower mm-hmm. typically is on fire. Yep. Right? So the tower in the tarot deck is highly associated with the fire element because, again, it's the same thing. New beginnings, destruction, right? It's like that. Transformation. Exactly. That ending and beginning. The phoenix. If you think of the phoenix, again, Mm -hmm. bursts into flames and rises from the ashes. The death and rebirth, right? Oh, exactly. So Exactly. Right? We We can use this fire element symbol in... All rituals that have anything to do with new beginnings, we can use it in terms of purifying tools or yourself. So instead of using actual flame, you can also cleanse and purify any type of tools or yourself by adorning yourself with the fire element symbol. Oh, yeah. Going through this transformational period or a purification period, right? You can use it in any type of cord breaking spells as well. So having as you're burning the cord, you can also have the sigil drawn somewhere. You can have it carved into the candles themselves. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So lots of ways to use it. Lots of protection or willpower rituals. Right. So if you're having a hard time, like and you need that boost of strength mm-hmm. in your spellcraft, you can use the sigil in any type of willpower spells or again, spell jars. Hmm. Deities that are represented by fire is like Apollo, Vesta, and I think it's Pele, P-E-L-E, is how you say it? Pele. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, again, you can search those deities. (laughs) Yeah, because Pele is the Hawaiian god of volcanoes, isn't it? I believe so. Yes, I think you're correct. I I think. I'm I'm like 80% sure I learned that from Moana, so. (laughs) (laughs) You're amazing. Uh, yeah, Hawaiian god of volcanoes. Or goddess of volcanoes. Goddess. Goddess Ooh, of volcanoes. Sorry, Pe- sorry Pele. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, girl. <laughs> yeah. So you are right. Go Moana. Yay. <laughs> All right. So our fourth symbol that we're going to talk about, just to finish the uh, the elements here, is water. So water is represented as an upside down triangle. So similar like earth oh, is to okay. air, water yeah. is the opposing symbol to fire. So it's okay. just the inversion of the fire symbol. Makes sense to it's me. The, it's the, right? Yeah. Makes sense. You're like, checks out. Yeah. Um, it's the fourth and last of the classic elements in alchemy, and it is seen as the source of all life. So similar to Ooh. how air was seen as life itself, mm-hmm. water is seen as the source of life, okay. right? Because every all life needs water. Everything yes. needs water. Exactly. Right? It's used in ritual and spellcraft when you need to call in divine feminine energy. So not just feminine, but divine feminine energy. Okay. And is also used in any type of spellcraft that is like soul nourishment. So it's typically mm. when you're doing a lot of like soul work or inner work, intuition work. It's representative of emotions, love, relationships, trauma, and healing. Oh, okay. Yeah, mm-hmm. makes sense. So perfect example, you can use this in rituals such as cleansing rituals. So cleansing mm-hmm. yourself, cleansing tools. It can be used to connect with the mental, physical, and spiritual realms. So a perfect example of this would be like scrying, mm-hmm. right? You can use yep. water to scry, which is a connection to the spirit world. Yes. You can do any type of washing away rituals where you're washing away and cleansing yourself, your energies, emotions, right? Even if you're doing meditation, you can envision water washing mm-hmm. away pieces that you're not, like no longer serve you. Get yourself a little tabletop fountain, man. Yeah, right? Have the sound of running water happening. Exactly, exactly. So 
like we've talked about a million times, right? You can do ritual baths. You can use it for moon water. You can cleanse mirrors and divination tools with it. So it's just incredible in all different forms, right? Yeah. So again, if you have a ritual bath, you could make, you know, let's say you have rose petals. You could make the symbol for water out of rose petals in the bath, right? Yeah, you absolutely. could. You know, if you had like body paint, for example, you could adorn yourself with the symbol for water in body paint as you do a cleansing bath, right? If you're using a bath bomb, engrave the symbol on your bath bomb. Exactly, exactly, yeah, right? So using those symbols as as another tool in craft, right? Yeah. Deities that are that you can use to invoke uh, their powers with the symbol is Osiris and Diana. Okay. Yeah. Awesome. Which are two two that we have talked about before. <laughs> we have. We yes. have talked about Osiris on uh, the uh, Egyptian, Egyptian episode. episode. Yes. Yes. His yeah. story is an interesting one. Right? Like, not only can you use water in your spellcraft, but if you are not close, like, for example, where Holly and I live, we are very landlocked. Very, very yeah. landlocked. So finding something like, we have lots of lakes, mm-hmm. but finding something like the ocean or rivers or like moving bodies of water is difficult for us so we could use the sigils of water a lot in our craft because we're not close enough to water that we would be able to use it yeah yeah totally right so number five is probably the most misunderstood symbol in all of witchcraft any guesses as to what it could be the pentagram (laughs) you would be right You would be absolutely right. So number five is the pentagram. So what is a pentagram? What does it look like? It's a five-pointed star within a circle. Yes. Usually, the reason that this is so misunderstood is because the pentagram has been associated with Satanism for years Mm -hmm. and years and years. But just to make it, just to clarify, Satanism has the pentagram inverted. Yes. And that's what they use, right? Well, and they do that in a way to resemble as above, so below. Correct. But just because it's witchy or satanic does not make it inherently evil. No, exactly. So, So, and that's the thing. Because of misinformation spread about witchcraft, especially during the Middle Ages by organized religion, the pentagram has been demonized. It has been absolutely misrepresented across media, in Hollywood, all sorts of things. Mm -hmm. And the pentagram itself is the representation of spirit. So traditionally, what it is, is the four elements that we just discussed. And the pentagram is seen as the fifth element almost, as Mm -hmm. the invocation of the other four, as well as the fifth element being spirit. Yes. Right? It is also the representational of the cardinal directions, northeast, southwest. Mm -hmm. Right. So invoking all of those. And the Greeks considered the pentagram as the emblem of perfection. Ooh, yeah. So crazy. I didn't know that, that uh, that it was seen as like the embodiment of perfection for a long, long time by the Grecians. Right. So the pentagram, also known as the pentacle, it can be called pentacle pentagram. Kind of not uh, to be confused with the Star of David. No, not to be confused with the Star of David. <laughs> no, um, it's used as in, I've seen. A few oh, times. I have too. Same, absolutely. So <laughs> it's used in ritual and spellcraft when you need to call in any type of protection energy. Right, yes. it's big for protection. Seen by most modern and ancient practitioners as like the go-to symbol, if you will. Yeah. You can really use it in any ritual. Anywhere, like mm-hmm. it's kind of that, like universally accepted rich uh, a symbol for 
protection, for calling in the invocation of all the spirits or all of the elements, sorry, as well as like if you do elemental magic, if you do directional magic, if you do geography styled yeah. magic, this is your like go to symbol to add an addition, an added power, if you will. It's a a, a staple, if you yes. will. Yes. Like, and if we're like, if we're going to like relate, um, spell casting to cooking which is mm-hmm. oftentimes very similar yeah the pentagram i would say would be like the equivalent of salt yeah yes you can use it in all just about everything everything, everything. Yeah. yes no that is <laughs> such a great way to explain it yeah thank that thank is you. a great way to explain it i love um, my analogies no it's so good it's also <laughs> it's also believed to be the symbol that is the connection to the universe itself so yes. some people call it you know, heavenly powers. Some people call it creator. Some people call it the universe, the cosmos, whatever you want to call it. But it is like the connection to the higher power. If yes. As it be, you know? Yeah. Um, it's representative of ancient protection as well. So there is a lot, as we talked about at the beginning of this episode, where symbolism is seen as being able to tap into power of which yeah. is who have previously used it because it is this go-to symbol it's seen as like this ancestral ancient protection because so many ancient pagans use this for so long and and not just pagans i'm going to talk about a, a little bit here but there are so many deities that are connected to this symbol there are so many pantheons so many cultures that are connected to this symbol it's crazy mm-hmm. so example the pythagoreans who we talked about in our numerology episode revered this symbol as what they called the penta alpha which is the letter A interlaced within itself five times. Yeah. They found that if you cut, also they found that if you cut an apple in a specific crosswise way, the pentagram is actually revealed in the center of the apple with the seeds being like sacred, sacredly held. Yes. Within it. I am visualizing exactly what you're saying. Yes. Yes. Right? So because of this, this became the symbol of their goddess Kor, uh, also oh. known as Persephone by the Grecians. So okay. the goddess Kor and Persephone are kind of um, the same people, but the Pythagoreans yeah. called her the goddess Kor. And the pentagram was the symbol for her. Oh. Also, the pentagram has been referred to as the star of Ishtar, the star of Isis, and the star of Nephthys in ancient Egypt. So we can we can trace the pentagram all the way back to the Egyptians where it just it fell under a different name, but still representative of like the spirit and the elements and like the combining of all five. Okay, it makes mm-hmm. sense. So it was also seen as the representation of what was called the underground womb or the afterlife. Ooh. Mm-hmm. The underground womb, like where you're held till you're reborn? Yes. Exactly. Really? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. So it also, uh, we were also able to find traces of it in Babylonian times. So in their pottery, it was famous for being carved into all sorts of pottery. And it was believed that it would invoke the power to preserve whatever was being stored inside of the pottery. Oh. Yeah. Right? That's how you get botulism. <laughs> yeah yeah (laughs) yeah sorry no that's okay it's true you're right you're not i'm sorry but you're not pickling things with fucking the pentacle yeah you're not or the pentagram yeah yeah but it's uh 
<laughs> one thing one thing I thought you'd find even interesting is in biblical times, they adapted the the star itself as being the first holy sign of their seven seals. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And yeah. an example of this was in King Solomon's legendary magical ring. It was made with the image of a star almost identical to the pentagram. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Right. So it's like we can trace it back to like every culture across the world throughout history. And we're talking like Mm -hmm. thousands of years in between these findings. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's crazy. Just so cool. Right. So just as a note, like I thought it'd be important to put it in here because there like there are ancient symbolisms that radical groups of people will take and turn into things that were not their original intention. So yep, just because something may be reused, whether it's the pentagram being inverted for Satanism, whether it's another one we're going to talk about here called the solar cross as being like the, the steer head for this like Odin's Norris mm. movement, whatever you want to call it. Uh-huh. You know, we can also see it in the Nazis taking the swastika and yep. changing its entire representation. And now it's it's not seen as what it once was, right? Yes. Doesn't yeah. mean that it's these symbols are inherently evil. Does not mean that they are inherently used for bad or whatever you want to call it. But just as a note to put in there, symbolism has been alive for generations, thousands of generations of human history. And it's like the telephone game with anything else. Things get changed and they get stolen and they get reused. So mm-hmm. just being mindful of those things. Yeah. I feel like hate symbols have so much power because we give it to them. I agree. I would agree with that. You know what that. I mean? Like yeah. it's one of those things where it's like, it's it's uh, sad to see ancient culture get lost because some fucking dickhead thought that the swastika looked good. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Because, I mean, you can go to Buddhist temples all over Asia and they're all over the place there. Yep. Because those they were, were... They were a symbol of peace for a long yeah. time. They were a peace symbol... and uh, harmony. Yep. I'll even yep. talk about it in our next symbol here, which is the solar cross. But okay. the solar cross was kind of like the beginning for all of these types of symbols, right? Mm-hmm. So... You know, it started as the solar cross and then it got changed into this, got changed into this, yada, 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 so on and so forth until it became the swastika, which was then taken by Nazi Germany. Yeah. Right. So we're talking about this solar cross that can be found in like in Celtic mythology. I don't want to call it mythology, but Celtic pantheon in Norris pantheon in all of these like ancient cultures where they very much stood for something so different than what this modern group of people turned it into right so the bastardization of it really yes, like it's exactly. been bastardized exactly over and over again yeah. yeah so with all that being said we're going to move into number six which is the solar cross so right. the solar cross is a circle with a cross inside of it and another circle at the center of that cross okay okay so um, this is known as the solar cross or the sun cross and has been found in ancient cultures all over the world, just as we talked about. Mm-hmm. It's used in ritual and spellcraft when you need to call in the energy of the sun. Yes. Yeah. So the sun is represented by the inner circle. So that inner circle is like the sun and the cross creates four quadrants within the circle, which were meant to represent the seasons. And oh, okay. at each point that the cross meets the circle was representative of the solstice. 
between each season. Mm, okay. So kind of similar to what we would consider like wheel of the year. This yes. is like OG wheel of the year. Yeah. Yeah. And it was only base model. Yeah. Base model. Alpha. (laughs) (laughs) Right. So it's representative of transformation, life nourishment. It's meant to help us focus on life itself. Right. Mm -hmm. And find ourselves within the placement of the seasons of the solstice of the sun. So rituals that you can use, including the solar cross is anything with ending and new beginnings. So anything that has to do with ending one and moving into a new phase. So that could be a life cycle that could be within relationships. If you know, you're coming to the end of something and you're starting a new chapter and you're looking for something to add some oomph to a to your spell, then you can use this. Yeah. Again, same thing with like trans anything transformative, transformation ritual. Deities that this symbol represents. So it really can represent any deity that are like solar gods or sun gods or goddesses. So anything in, in relationship to the sun. Yeah. Most commonly, it's related to the Norris pantheon and is also known as Odin's cross. Yes. It can be found in Nordic churches, even to this day where it was originally used as a symbol representing Odin himself. It was mm. the most powerful Nor- one of the most powerful Norse symbols as it was like invoking Odin himself, who mm-hmm. as we know is one of the most powerful Norse gods and was father to all of the other Norse mm-hmm. gods, right? Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of touching back on that bastardization, I don't want to give anything more time than it deserves, but this is where we see that bastardization yes right Uh, what are they called sons of odin yep bullshit yeah get fucked (laughs) (laughs) period (laughs) yes so this is where you will see that kind of crossover it was also this symbol if you just don't connect parts of the circle it becomes the swastika yeah yeah right so this is where that came from as well so again it's all about knowing your history It's all about knowing what it is that you're trying to invoke. It's about knowing what the original symbol looked like. So make sure you don't just start throwing shit up. (laughs) If you know nothing about it, go and really look into it and and do your own research as to what the original symbols are. Yeah. Because you don't want to use a symbol that you're not meaning to use. (laughs) No, exactly. Right. And, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, probably don't get any of these symbols tattooed on you. Yes. But <laughs> unless you are safe, unless but unless you are so familiarized with them yeah. that you like you truly feel some kind of connection to it and you know what it is. But if you're just getting it because it's cool and it's an aesthetic, mm-hmm. I would recommend against it. But again, your yeah. body, your choice. <laughs> Do what you want, but I would advise against it. <laughs> I need to correct myself already. Okay, it wasn't Sons of Odin; it's Soldiers of Odin. Oh, even fucking better. Disgusting. Disgusting, mate. <laughs> it is uh, absolutely revolting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so let's move on. Let's not give uh, any more any more time or attention to uh, things that don't deserve it. So yeah. next one. Number seven, possibly my favorite one of all of the ones we're going to talk about today, the one I kind of knew the least about, but most interested to learn about, is called Hectate's Wheel. Oh, So I'm going to try and explain this to you, and I want you to try and envision it, and then I'll show you what it looks like and tell me if it makes sense. Okay. It's a circle, and at the center of that circle is a six-pointed star, okay? Okay. 
And then in the space between the star and the out and the circle is like waving lines that creates the design that looks like a mushroom cap if you will. Oh. And it creates it three times, and it's almost like a maze-like pattern. Okay, so I'll show you what it looks like now. Oh. It looks like a fidget spinner inside of a circle. (laughs) That's a great way to put it. With a star (laughs) at the center. Yeah. 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 (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. That is kind of what it looks like. Yes. Yeah. So So if anyone else is having a hard time visualizing it, like I certainly was, fidget spinner in a circle. What I'm going to do as well is I I have photos of all of these and I'm going to put them up on Instagram uh, so that you guys can see what we're talking about as we... If you're having a hard time visualizing anything, you can scroll through. So worshipped by the Greeks, Hecate was considered the goddess of protection, borders, doorways, and crossroads. She was seen as the physical representation as the between area from human to the god realms, Mm, including the underworld, right? Yeah. So you can use this symbol in ritual and spellcraft when you need to call in the power of movement into new stages of life as well as womanhood. Mm, Okay. You can use this symbol to invoke change and transformation. So again, think of it as like crossing through a doorway, right? Mm -hmm. You're crossing from one area to another, from one room to another. Same thing as like a crossroads when you're stuck trying to make a decision and you're trying to figure out what path to take. Mm -hmm. Kind of think of it like that. It's representative of womanhood, similar to the triple goddess symbol, which we'll touch on more a little bit later. Yeah. Hecate's wheel represents the stages of life, a symbol of divine feminine transformation. And again, similar to the maiden, mother and crone. It's encircled by the cosmic world. So this fidget spinner part that you've alluded to it's also like the waviness of it all is kind of like the cosmic world right it's it's not linear it's kind of forever Mm -hmm. changing it's different it can also like the maze like symbol of it all because it kind of looks like a maze or like Mm -hmm. a labyrinth of some sort um, symbolizes that rebirth Right. Mm. Going through the different stages in the rebirth. As Hecate is a lunar goddess, you can also use this symbol in any type of moon magic. Okay, Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. So rituals for this include moon water rituals. So if you want to charge your moon water even more, what you could do is you could draw it on a piece of paper and put your clear container Mm -hmm. on top of it to kind of like do that drawing down the moon ritual. Right. Cool. Again, bathing rituals, you can do anything that has to do with like water. Water is a big piece of this. Fertility rituals, because again, it's like the stages of womanhood, as well as decision making when at a crossroads. So this one I thought was really interesting. It's a symbol that I I haven't really seen very much. Yeah. And I think it's quite interesting. Yeah, I think it's quite interesting. And uh, it also kind of reminds me of like Medusa. Oh. Oh, interesting. In way, right? Yeah. Like the way that like it um weaves around like like yes. how her snakes would, right? Like would weave around her face. Yeah. No, that's a really good point. That's interesting. Just like a little bit. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. I like it. <laughs> I like it a lot. I like it a lot. I like it a lot. <laughs> All right, moving into our next symbol. We're gonna talk about number eight, the horned god. So this symbol is a circle or like a full moon shape with a crescent moon resting at the top of it. Okay. Uh, the horned god is one of the two primary deities worshipped in Wicca religion and traditions. Mm-hmm. It's believed to be the consort of the triple goddess. Mm-hmm. 
And he is usually depicted as having horns or antlers atop his head. And he's seen as the representation of the divine unity between gods, humans, and animals. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Yeah. So very male, human male looking in form with divine powers and then the antlers for representation of animals. Cool. Yeah. So the relationship between the horn god and the triple goddess can be found in stories of the wheel of the year that we've talked Mm -hmm. about. So in these stories, the horn god impregnates the goddess during the spring and summer months and then begins to die during autumn and winter to be reborn by the goddess again at Yule and start the cycle all over again. Okay. Mm -hmm. Yeah, quite interesting. You can use this symbol in your rituals and spellcraft when you need to call in divine masculine energy. Right. And duality in traditional forms of witchcraft. This god is said to be dualistic and that he represents both light and dark. Mm -hmm. Right. Summer and winter. You know. Oh, yeah. What is it? The the Oak King and the the Holly King, if you will. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Right. So if you're looking for any type of dualism um, energy or divine masculine energy, this is this is a great symbol to use. Um, Mm. It's representative of strength change, action, fertility, sexuality, hunting, and the cycles of life in general, Mm. right? So this is a great symbol to use if you want to invoke any deities that are associated with intense masculine energy, nature, and life cycles, but primarily it will be used to invoke obviously the horned god yeah 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 it makes sense yes absolutely but you can use it in 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 invoking other deities if you'd like to Hmm, cool yeah so number nine and the one that we're probably most familiar with is the triple goddess so the triple goddess is made of three moons a full moon stands at the center with two crescent moons adorning either side of the full moon Mm mm-hmm We all know what this looks like. Or maybe we don't. Maybe this is your first time ever hearing about it. Yeah. (laughs) But also referred... We don't know. We don't know. Yeah. (laughs) Also referred to as the maiden, the mother, and the crone, this triple moon symbol represents the phases of the moon as well as the phases of womanhood, Mm -hmm. right? So you have the maiden, young, fresh, carefree, in the beginning Mm -hmm. of her life, moving into full moon, which is like the adult woman right? Which is the mother, right? The idea of impregnation, fertility fullness of life and then moving into the crone ending of your life wisdom right yes yeah the idea of of ending your cycle and and moving into the rebirth which again Mm -hmm. would bring you back to the maiden yes so it's used in ritual and spellcraft when you need to call in divine feminine energy you can use this symbol when you're trying to connect deeper to the goddess within you right Mm -hmm. so it has a lot to do is like as a woman you can use this to connect to yourself and to your own feminine power and your own feminine energy, right? You can also use this when you're trying to connect or find your inner intuition. It's a really great intuition tool. So if you're doing any type of intuition spells, any type of intuition rituals, this is a great, great symbol to help amp up that uh, mystical power for yourself. Kind of help tune into your own. Exactly. Your own power as yeah. well, right? Right. Because really, if you think about it, it's like the representation of the witch herself mm-hmm. throughout all of her feminine cycles. Exactly. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Like we were saying, you can use this in rituals, anything to do with moon magic. Obviously, it's very representative of the moon. So anything you do with moon magic, you can use this. Fertility spells, intuition spells, any type of goddess or like female deity work. Yeah. Right. That would make sense. Yeah. yeah. It's great for that. Deities that this symbol typically represents is Diana, uh, yeah. Hecate, 
the charities and the fates. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. So this one is, I think, the, probably maybe the most familiar. We've talked about it in other episodes. We've talked about it in all, all sorts of forms oh, over yeah. the last year and a half. So that's probably all the most over. familiar. Mm-hmm. All over our feed. Exactly. Right. <laughs> so moving into our 10th and final symbol is called the spiral or the triple spiral. There's lots Ooh. of names for this one. I'm just going to leave it at triple spiral because that seems to be like the most uniform name. But this is okay. um, so it's basically a triangle made of spirals, but the spiral is each point of the triangle. Oh, like, uh, OK. Yes. I always yeah. think of whirlpools when I see that. Yes. OK, great. So yeah. <laughs> spirals have been found in symbolism all over the world world since like the Neolithic period, right? Drawn on cave walls in scripture and now in magical texts, the spiral is believed to be the symbol of life itself as well. Oh, Mm -hmm. okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. So it's used in ritual and spellcraft when you're wanting to call in like that natural element or Mm. that like deep connection to life, if that makes any sense. Okay. It's representative of the earth, the sea, and the sky. So each point representing earth, sea, and sky. And it also represents the cycles of birth, rebirth, and reincarnation. Mm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It's been used to represent physical locations as well, such as the Isle of Man. So it's, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So it's highly connected with like many points on Earth that this like triple spiral is used to like denominate like this is a, a physical location on Earth that you can go to. Yeah. Right? It's also used as a symbol of nature or the natural world because the spiral is, a f- is found to occur naturally everywhere. Right. Mm-hmm. Perfect example of that is what, Holly? Da, 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 a whirlpool. Whirlpools. Yes. Whirlpool. <laughs> seashells. Right. We find yeah. spirals in seashells a lot. Tornadoes. Mm-hmm. Right. So lots yeah. of like naturally occurring spirals, which is why we associate it to nature. Well, that makes complete sense. Yeah. Yeah. It can even be found in naturally occurring in mathematics. Perfect example. The Fibonacci sequence. Oh, I think I cut out there. Did you hear me? I heard you, but you lost me. As soon as you said math, I was like, ah. Yeah, I'm tapped out. Yeah. So it (laughs) it occurs naturally in mathematics, uh, such as in the Fibonacci sequence, which is otherwise known as nature's code. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Yeah. So rituals that we can use spirals in uh, or this triple spiral specifically is honoring past loved ones because, again, it's seen as that rebirth and reincarnation. We can use it in regression rituals, any type of natural craft or altar decoration, if you will. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So deities that this symbol represents, no surprise, the triple goddess. Again, Mm -hmm. three spirals, triple goddess, three different stages of life, and any gods or goddesses associated with nature and life cycle. Oh, so like all of them then? Basically. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Just to kind of wrap it all up here. Now we know about these 10 symbols. How do you use them? Right. Mm -hmm. We've kind of discussed each one and how you could use it, but make it quick and easy. Your day to day uses of of symbols can include journaling to help you focus your intention. You can also use them in your book of shadows if you're doing shadow work or you can use them in your grimoire if you're you're doing any type of like grimoire recording, if you will. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, Another way that you can use these is inscribing these symbols safely. I'm going to add this in here safely onto anything around you, such as wood, candles, clay, paintings. So if you want things in your home, say you want to use something for its protection features. Yeah. 
you can put those in. We talked about it in with the cord cutting spells. You can add that fire element by carving it into your candle as you're mm-hmm. as you're using it, right? So make sure you're safely doing these things. Don't just go around inscribing symbols on things for shits and giggles. (laughs) (laughs) Another way that you can use symbols is to adorn yourself with them. So Mm -hmm. you can jewelry, makeup, clothing. I will say you can do tattoos. But again, we've talked we talked about this earlier. Be careful with tattoos. Okay. Yeah. Make sure that like if you do get a tattoo, maybe go to an artist who is familiar with symbolism or who yes. works with symbolism or reach out and talk to an artist to see if they even know what the, it is that they're doing. Right. Yes. Don't just Google yeah. it. Don't Google image something and take it to somebody. <laughs> yeah, don't do that. Yeah, don't yeah. do that. Okay. Yeah. So another way you can use all of these symbols and a way I think that maybe I would connect to the most is to decorate your altar with your favorite yes. or your most used symbols, right? Absolutely. Yeah, your yeah. altar is a sacred space. It's a it's a space that is solely for you and your craft and your practice. So what better way to use it, right? You can use mm-hmm. it's a great way to keep your altar charged as well constantly, right? And protected. Yeah. Yeah. So that would probably that one and the journaling would probably be my favorite ways to use them. Mm-hmm. Another great way to use these if if none of those pique your interest, another great way is during meditation. We said this a few times throughout the episode, but you can visualize these symbols in your mind's eye. Yeah. Um, you can do it during any type of manifestation meditating, any intention setting meditating, you know, just envision what these symbols look like as a way to help you through your meditation. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So I guess to end off our episode here today, I want to say this is by no means an extensive list of symbols. Okay. These are like beginners. Yeah. Intro to symbolism. (laughs) Symbols that you should know if you are even interested in witchcraft. These are the basics. This is like one of those articles where it's like five words you need to know if you're going to go to Mexico. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. That's exactly it. But (laughs) It is a great place to start if you're new to symbolism or if you're new to craft and you just want to learn how to use them in day-to-day life, right? Yeah. Or even just familiarize yourself with them. Symbols are a great way not only to enhance your rituals and spells, but also to feel more deeply connected to this collective of witches that have come before us and who practice alongside us today. Awesome. Yeah. I love that. That's great. Thanks. I'm glad you enjoyed it. Woohoo. <laughs> I love symbols. I yeah. love symbolism, mm-hmm. symbolic meanings. Yeah, right? It's great. It's all great. I knew, I thought you would really like this one because I was like, it's kind of a little bit of everything you like. You like symbols, yeah. you like history, you like like pantheons Guilty. you like yeah right <laughs> you like knowing how to like yeah it's great to learn all these things but how do i use it yeah <laughs> right guilty as charged man all guilty these as things. charged <laughs> chicken chicken the list <laughs> i thought it was really interesting that the fire symbol is literally just like shaped like a fire like you know what i mean like it's yes like it's a triangle it's yes that's flames at the top and wood at the bottom and base yeah you know like <laughs> yeah I, I, that's kind of interesting to me yeah i also like the use of the inversion right like why mm-hmm. wasn't why wasn't earth just the opposite of fire right it, it seems intentional right yeah you have a fire element and it looks like fire yeah and what's opposite to fire is water so okay just take the symbol and flip it yeah 
right? It makes sense. You're like, yeah, fucking makes sense. Absolutely. <laughs> Logical. Absolutely makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I liked putting this episode together. I actually learned quite a lot. I had no idea about like Hectate's wheel. Yeah, that's a new one for me too. Yeah. Like, yeah. Right. Horned Never God. Never seen that before. Horned God I didn't really know much about. Maybe you probably mm-hmm. stumbled upon it in your, your Wicca episode from last week, maybe. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. A little bit. Right. Mm -hmm. So that one was like a new one to me. Also, I thought it was quite interesting, like the solar cross. Like I've seen the solar cross a lot because it pops up in like um, Celtic pantheons in different ways. But I I thought it was quite interesting to see how... (sighs) transformed this one symbol is like if you search like solar cross the amount of renditions that come yeah as like a derivative of this one symbol is insane it's insane it is Mm -hmm. it really is and then i guess kind of not i was gonna say also like the knights templars kind of they kind of adopted it a little bit but yeah um, kind of if you can see you can see the elements anyways yeah Yeah. the if it's a venn diagram you can see the crossover right yeah exactly (laughs) exactly (laughs) yeah i only know about the knights templar because i was doing research for an episode and they were going to be part of it but i changed my mind okay i often do so i chose violence (laughs) yeah yeah Oh, I love you for that. <laughs> oh, I hate I hate me for that, but I also it works out in the end. But if it makes you feel any better, I do the exact same thing all the time. That does make me feel better because you're a very Type A person, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> I'm not. So <laughs> no, I do the exact same thing. I I have like I have four episodes that I've been writing. Yeah, for like two months. Yeah. That I like keep coming back to. And because I like it so much, I want to do them really well. Yeah. But I'm like, I just need more time. <laughs> oh, so I, I feel My it. next week's episode is very similar where it's like, I've been working on this for a minute. Nice. But I'm excited um, for it. Yeah. Woohoo. I can't wait. Or at least it's something I've wanted to do for a minute. That's fair. Maybe that's a better way to put it, but. That's fair. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I love it. But this was a great episode. I've yeah, that's um it's really interesting. Yeah, thank you. I've never I appreciate thought about, it. Thought about the symbolism like just in those little like ruin yeah. ruin sigils yes. that we've seen, right? Well, so. it's funny because uh, the reason I picked it was over Christmas. I got this new book and it's called um I think it's called The Magic of Witchcraft and Illustrated History, something Ooh, like that. Okay, yeah. And I was reading through it for some like inspiration as well as just like my own personal like interest in it. Mm-hmm. And there were all because it's illustrated, there's all these pictures and these fucking symbols are everywhere. And yeah. I'm talking like we're talking like Middle Ages England, we're talking like Egypt, Babylon, Celtic, Norris, you know, Slavic and I'm like, all of these symbols are in the same things, thousands of fucking years apart, thousands of kilometers apart. Yeah. Right? So I was like, that's it. I'm doing a symbolism. <laughs> a symbol. <No>, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. So, but no, it's interesting. <laughs> it's one of those things, too, that it's like you can fall into the rabbit hole, definitely. Like trying to pick only 10 to talk about. I was like, uh, let's go with the most basic. OK, yeah. let's start basic and we'll work our way up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, oh, no, I'm glad crazy. you enjoyed it. Glad you enjoyed it. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. You're um, welcome. Yeah. I don't know. I don't have anything to plug at the end today. Do you? No. Uh, so 
Thanks for listening. Thanks for hanging out. Send us Send your spooky, us your spooky stories. <laughs> <laughs> Just because we're going to do it again. <laughs> we're looking to do it every quarter. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Send us your spooky stories. Um, You can follow us on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, uh, other places, I think. Maybe. I don't know. It's out there. We've been up for a year and a half. Like, what? Hey, a, a year and a bit now? Give us a review. Great call. If you could take a minute, even if you don't write in a spooky story, I mean, consolation prize, a review would be nice. Mm-hmm. That'd be excellent. Yeah. Honestly, yeah. yeah. If you can't, yeah. If you could, it'd be yeah. super sweet. It would be. And it's really easy to do if you listen on Apple or Google Podcasts. It's really easy. I, you can do it Spotify. straight. Yeah. Spotify is super easy. You can They've do got it. the star system. You don't yes. even have to write anything. You just nope. get a star. Yeah, yeah. However many you like. Yeah, right? Ideally five. I but, <laughs> <laughs> but I might be biased. So whatever. I, I think we're a bunch of funny bitches. So. <laughs> I, I do. I do yeah. believe that in my heart. I think that's we're so fucking great, man. But that's... <laughs> <laughs> I think that might be a little bit biased. Yeah, just a yeah, touch. Just, just a smidgen. Might be a conversation for me to have with my therapist. But <laughs> I am your therapist. <laughs> Psych. <laughs> what and therapist, bitch? <laughs> I thought we were great too. <laughs> Delusion. <laughs> oh, that's too Hallucination. <laughs> Is it mental health or is it witchcraft or do you remember <laughs> mental yeah. illness? Yeah. Is it mental illness or witchcraft? <laughs> yeah, that's funny. Okay. Well, thanks for listening. Thanks for joining. We love y'all. And as always, stay spooky. Bye. That was probably your best buy yet. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. I really put my whole pussy into it. <laughs>